0: My name's Tina Waldron, welcome to the podcast. Every week I look to interview someone that can help you share your faith naturally with the world around you. In 2023, I'm going to be interviewing people in Australia, also a few from overseas, and then there'll be a few weeks that I'll jump on myself and actually do a little bit of recording with some information that may help. If you're looking to do some coaching in evangelism or as a female in ministry or an online course this year in personal evangelism, please check out our website evangelisminaustralia.com. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. Uh, This week I want to do something a little different. I've just come out of hospital and I want to share my experience, my hospital surgery, and reaching others. It definitely was not something I saw coming in my life, um, but as I kind of went into the week and now I'm almost a week post that surgery, I've had some time to sit and reflect and to see what God would want to show me out of it. And hopefully that can be an encouragement to you as well. On Wednesday, the 3rd of May, I remember getting out of bed and feeling not quite well. I felt like my stomach was a little bit upset. So I just kind of pushed through the morning, you know, getting kids ready for school, all of those things that you do as a mum if you've got kids that are at school, came back from doing one of the school drop-offs and just felt really, really bad in my stomach. So I decided I would lie down. The pain actually became very, very bad, so bad that I'm on the bed, kind of in this fetal position, getting these stabbing pains all over my stomach for what went on actually for the most of that day and early into the evening. The funny thing was is that someone had recently said to me that they thought there was a new strain of COVID out there where people were getting this amazing stomach pain. So I assumed that I've got COVID, um, not that it's anything else serious. So the day goes on and it gets to later that night and the pain subsided just enough that I could get to sleep. The next morning I woke up and I just expected to be 100% better and we'll just carry on with life. Who has time to be ill, so to speak? So I get up on the Thursday and the pain is still there. It's just not going away. By the time it gets to Thursday evening, um, one of the kids mentioned, oh, you know, maybe it's a little bit more. So I decided I would take myself down to emergency because it really was quite unsettling. So I go into the emergency ward And, you know, do the triage and all of that stuff. And they keep me in there overnight on the Thursday night. They find this huge gallstone in my gallbladder, although they're not completely convinced that that's what's causing the pain. Go figure. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it was very sizable gallstone. So I stay in there um, for the Thursday night. And by the time it gets to late Friday afternoon, they decide to let me out saying that there's no inflammation markers and so maybe it's not the gallstone, just go about your life, which I thought was just so completely odd. But off I go, I go out that night, I'm involved with you know the kids' activities and things, and the next day and Sunday, and I've still got this pain that will not shift, although it's not debilitating. Like the Wednesday, I seriously could not get off the bed. It was that excruciatingly painful, worse than I've ever experienced, to be honest. Anyway, it gets to Monday morning and I can't see my doctor until Wednesday. I can't get in. So I just give her a call on Monday morning and tell her that, hey, I'm still in a lot of pain. What do you suggest? And she rang me back and she said, you need to go straight back to emergency. So here I am on the Monday morning going back to, this is Monday the 8th now, going back to the same emergency department and pretty much quite soon they get me through and i get onto a ward so now they're telling me it is the actual gallbladder and we're going to need to remove that so very disappointed i was because i just thought we could have done this last week while i was here so here i am now finally getting onto a ward to myself and Got this lovely room all to myself, which was fantastic. Having a bit of a rest, just waiting for this surgery. And they start off by making you fast. So, obviously, if they're going to do a surgery, you have to have had, you know, no food or drink. So I'm now fasting. And then they would come around the next morning and tell me that, okay, we can't do the surgery now. I've been bumped off the list. There's more urgent people. I understand that. Then it would get back to the next night, and. They say fast from midnight. I would fast all of the next day and it would get anywhere between nine and 11 o'clock at night. They would tell me I've now been bumped off the list again. So this goes on for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in the first hospital. Let me just pause and say if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll understand that my default, my core base understanding of reaching a world for Jesus is that God is at work and that we join him in that. And I fully believe in all situations, even when I'm in hospital in excruciating pain, that God is still at work and that there may be opportunities for me to join him in his work. So that's the mindset um, that I'm in. But let's go back to this day one when I get back onto the ward and actually get admitted into the hospital. I spend a little bit of time in a room by myself, but then they shift me to a room with three other ladies, so four of us in one room, which was fun. This is in a public hospital, very noisy, great ladies, but just I'm, it really was a challenge for me because I just want to get this surgery done with and I keep getting bumped off the list. But in the conversations with the nurses and the ladies in this room that I'm just trying to get to know, I say something about, oh, yeah, I've been involved in church work for a long time and so I don't know how I made that connection but somehow I said, I remember coming out of the bathroom at one point saying something about that. So all three ladies in this room knew somehow I was connected to church and maybe they made that connection to a possible God, who knows. So the lady next to me was really hard to converse with, she actually had had the operation that I was trying to have, gabbing the gallbladder out. And she had had this operation. And what happened was that there was a lot of stuff or something, um, infection inside. So they have to put one of those tubes on the outside, a draining tube, which just sounds terrible, doesn't it? And then eventually they have to take that out. So after a few days, she's had a surgery and she's trying to get home and they want to take the tube out. Now, Up until this point, her and I, you know, when you have those friendships and all those discussions with people and you know there's a little bit of an angst there, a little bit of a, oh, don't say anything else about Jesus or God or church or anything or prayer. Well, now she's in complete pain and she's really talking to me across the bed saying how this is so painful, they can't get this tube out. So I said to her, look... I'm just going to sit here silently and I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm just going to pray, not out loud, just silently. I'm going to pray while they, when they come back to take it out again. And I said, you know what, whatever works, don't you reckon? And she says to me, yes, thank you, Tina. That would be great. So then the nurses come back to actually get out this tube out again. Here I am. I'm actually sitting there talking with Jesus, saying, please, Lord, not because I want him to reveal himself to her, just because really she's in so much pain. I'm like, Lord, I know that you can bring her some relief. And they get this tube out. And she actually found it easier. Then she said to the nurse, oh, oh thank goodness it's out. And she goes, and I even have Tina on my side. And I just saw God at work in that situation. And I thought, yep, She kind of connected me to God. Here I am praying and I was able to help some way. So for me, that was a real joy because I thought even though I'm still lying there waiting myself to get in, I was able to pray for this woman and she found it helpful. So that was incredible. Now, there's a second lady in this room of four now that's diagonally across from me. And she was actually quite quiet. She wasn't really sharing much. There was myself, the two others, we were sharing quite a bit and talking. And she was more of a quieter lady, and I 100% respect that. Anyway, she uh, is diagonally across. And eventually, as time goes on, because we, as days go on, so we're there together, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, now it's Friday. (laughs) The ward that we were on was so incredibly noisy at night times, that shift right before about 10 o'clock, whatever that shift is, was so noisy that I could not believe what was going on around me. It literally was like there was a party going on in the hallway, (laughs) nurses discussing their lives, discussing... Things that I didn't think that was appropriate to be discussed that patients could hear. And so this lady diagonally across from me kept making my eye contact and she's rolling her eyes and I'm rolling my eyes back going, yes, this is incredibly ridiculous, right? Anyway, so we strike up this friendship, this nonverbal friendship just through eyes rolling and just, you know, all of those body (laughs) languages that say, this is ridiculous. So this little friendship's developing along and then eventually I'm able to ask her, what, what is she there for? Because I feel like, okay, we've actually become friends, we've connected. And she was came in at, as an emergency. I thought she was maybe there having a gallbladder out as well, but she was there because she had all of a sudden got this stomach pain, but they actually found a tumour, which was really, really sad because she's probably about five years younger than me. So she's discussing this with me and telling me how confronting this is for her life. And now they've got to find out whether this is going to be spreading anywhere. And she thought that she would be having to have chemo anyway. And I was just able to listen to her, just to encourage her. And I just genuinely said, that is just so sad, um, but I'm going to be praying for you. And she was completely fine with that. And then she started to raise a discussion with me about how this has unnerved her and it's raised bigger questions of life. And so I was able to engage in those and say a little bit a little bit about my faith, just a little bit, you know, that I think actually there is more to life and stuff like that. So we get connecting and we're talking about spiritual things and Then, can you believe, I say to her, oh, tell me a little bit about your family, you know, are you married, blah, 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 and she says, yes, she is, and uh, she did live in another state with her son, the ex-husband, she'd moved to the state of Victoria, and she was telling me how her son uh, started school here, and when he started in year seven, she was really worried about that, because it was a huge step, he was going to a school that no one, he knew no one. They didn't know him and she was concerned. And I get that because I have a son. She tells me this and I said, that's amazing. I said, I'm in the same situation. I said, so what happened with your son? She tells me how he went to this great school and he fitted in. They did the extra mile in welcoming new kids, all of that type of stuff. And today he was really doing well in that school. And I said to her, what school was it? And you will not believe the kid goes to the same school that our son will be going to for year seven, which was just remarkable. So now I'm saying to her, I'm really just not into coincidences. Like this is is amazing, isn't it? And even she was like, this really is amazing. And then when I asked her where she lived, she actually lives 10 minutes from me. So we swapped numbers (laughs) and we said, let's go on for coffee because she was absolutely just amazed, as was I, as I was perceiving that God was at work here and I'm just joining in. I mean, I know God is about making disciples, so the fact that now I can connect with this precious lady, we can have coffee regularly because she lives in the area, and our sons will actually be in the same school together is quite remarkable. What a week. So that gave me great hope because I thought, Lord, even in the pain, and I've got to say, it was really very, very painful you were at work and you were wanting to reach out. And I'm just thanking God that I had some capacity within me to be able to hear where He was at work, to perceive that the Holy Spirit is moving here and to join in. And so that was an incredible experience. It's now Friday afternoon, and I'm really very much over it, to say the very, very least. And I've been told that I would be getting operated on again this day, so I have fasted from the midnight before, and now it's throughout the day. I still haven't eaten, so I'm all of those things. I'm a little bit hangry. I'm pain. I'm, everything is going on. It was very mentally challenging to go on that roller coaster. Well, kind of late in the afternoon on the Friday, a nurse comes in and she says, "Oh, we're actually going to move you to another hospital because we can't get you on the." on the list, but where we're moving you to, they're going to operate tonight. So I'm like, yes, praise Jesus, I'm actually going to get this gallbladder out and get back to life. So eventually the patient um, transfer people come along, they were absolutely brilliant, and moved me to another hospital. And I just felt so excited. I'm like, just let's you know, get this going. And I'm texting friends along the way and pictures of me in the inside the patient transport ambulance I'm finally going to get this done and who honestly waits this long well if you're listening and you've had this story you know that there's lots of people that having to wait five plus days in our hospitals now in Australia for surgeries which is it's not great I get to the new hospital and they take me into the room. And again, it's a room of four, but there's only me in the room. But there's one bed missing. And I know if there's a bed missing, that bed's been taken off to surgery and they're bringing the person back. As they wheel me into that room, I just hear this voice in my head, almost the audible voice of God say to me, you're here for that person. And that's the empty bed person. And I'm like, oh, okay, Jesus. So I'm like, all right, I'm here for that person. And something in me I can only describe as God knew that you weren't going to be operated on tonight. I knew I was going to be here for that person. So that was kind of, you know, when God speaks, there is quite a resolve within your spirit and you can kind of suck it up for a bit longer and keep going on. So they checked me in, so to speak, you know, do all that patient incoming things. And I'm having enough medication that I'm feeling comfortable, just really exhausted by the whole emotion of it all, of not getting it done. Within the next 30 minutes, they wheel in the lady on the, who'd just come out of surgery, and this is a Burmese lady, and she looks like to me that she's in her oh, late 60s, early 70s maybe. And her two sons are there, and then eventually her husband comes to join, but she doesn't speak English, and neither does the husband, but the two sons do. And as I'm watching this, sitting, I'm lying in my bed right opposite her now, looking at her, realizing who this person is that God has said to me, You're here for this person. I think in my mind, Burmese people are Christian. A lot of Burmese people are Christians. And so I just feel the Holy Spirit say to me, Ask the nurse to tell this family that if they are Christians that you're here to help and they're chatting away and one of the things that they were concerned about was that no one could stay with this precious mother that had just had what I find out to be the gall, the same surgery as mine, had the gallbladder out, no one could stay with her and that was very alarming for her because she's used to having her family close around and people would be there overnight. So, I then say that to the nurse. Can you go and tell the nurse that I'm, I've am worked with churches, if they're Christians, I'm happy to come and pray with her or whatever it takes. So the nurse actually has a word to one of the sons. And it just went so well. He was very, very thankful, came over and spoke to me, and I was able to start off by just going over and praying for her with, with all of them there and just um, bringing the piece of Jesus, I guess. I guess I was just being his hands and feet. I just went over, I laid my hands on her. The family interpreted to her that I was going to pray for her. They said who I was. I explained the church that I used to work for what I do now, and then I was able to pray for her and I could tangibly see that, that kind of peace settling on her. And I thought, God, this is amazing. Here I am hobbling around trying to get rid of my own gallbladder, now praying for this precious Burmese woman that just needed some comfort, needed some hope. It was just incredible. And then the son actually said to me, I think I follow you on Instagram <laughs> through evangelism in Australia, which was even more extraordinary for me. So here I am now. Opposite this lady, I've prayed for her and her family have to now go for the night. So this is Friday night, all Friday night and through to Saturday morning. And I kid you not, and I do not exaggerate, every 45 minutes maximum, I would get up and I would go over to her all night and I was just giving her um, water through a straw in a cup. I don't even know if she knew how to press the buzzer, I tried to explain to her, you know non-verbally, like a really like miming to her, but now having had the operation, she would have been in huge amount of pain and she couldn't press that buzzer. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I felt like the nurses that were on duty at that time were failing to recognize the gap here, that she didn't speak English, she wasn't able to communicate. And I just felt like I needed to step in, which I did, and just kept going over there the whole entire night. And I've got to say, I cannot believe how alert I was all of Friday night. I thought I'd be exhausted, absolutely alert, and just kept getting up and going over to her and helping with various things. When she needed to go to the toilet and staff weren't responding, I was able to just pop out into the hallway and say, hey, can you, can you help here? Things like that. But all night, it was just amazing. And then a precious son, but well, she has two sons, but one of them. Then I connected with him also on social media. And so I could um, message him and you know, say what's going on, and the next morning I could take my phone over after he rang through, you know, Facebook audio, and she could talk to him in her own language and we could get things sorted. It was remarkable. I was deeply saddened by the fact that I felt that she was treated differently because she was not white Australian, to be very honest with you. I've never seen this happen in my nation so clear but I felt that she was not treated the same. Um, And so I was alarmed and I was so blessed that I could be the hands and feet of Jesus for one of his precious ones that follows him, quite remarkable. So I go off to surgery the next morning and I knew it wouldn't be till then. Her family had arrived and they're now back with her and I knew that's it. I'll be operated on (laughs) Now, let me back up a little bit, because what was even more extraordinary was during the week when I was at the first hospital, one of my family members had texted me and said, you know, maybe you'll be moved to a different hospital and you'll get a better surgeon. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, well, you know, they're all pretty good, but yeah, I'm up for that. But as I read that text message, it really spoke to me. I think it was, I can't remember if it was on the Wednesday or the Thursday before I was moved on the Friday night, but I thought, yeah, there was like a peace that settled on me. But as Friday went on and I thought, oh, they're going to operate here, I kind of let it go. But when I actually got moved, I just knew, I knew that I knew, okay, th- this is okay and it's going to run smoothly here, which it did. When I went in to get the surgery on Saturday, the surgeon comes in and the first thing he says to me is, I just want to let you know, Tina, that this is our senior team that are on this morning, that are operating. You're in very good hands. We've made created a few spaces for patients coming in from other hospitals and oh, I felt such relief and such faith and hope in God that this was all coming together. And so I went in and had the surgery and that all went fine, but I had no idea what would happen after the surgery. Honestly, it has been excruciating. I didn't understand that they pump your stomach full of gas and that that pain is more excruciating than anything else. Now, I do remember this when I had my kids, I had the same situation, but it was so long ago. But this was excruciating. I was in so much pain. And thank God they moved me from that ward to a maternity ward because in the maternity ward they had a few spare beds. And so there was one room, again, four ladies. But the maternity nurses, we couldn't hear the babies. They were a long way away, just a tiny bit. But it was beautiful. The whole ward was beautiful. The nurses were just next-level caring and loving. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. This is amazing. So here I am now recovering, but in excruciating pain, I want to say my mother and sister-in-law came in and they were very surprised, to say the least, the state that I was in with this. If you've had that gas pain, you know how bad it is. It was absolutely horrible. But then again, I thought, here I am and I'm still living this mindset of God is at work. How can I join in? And so there was one lady diagonally across from me. And again, at some point, I managed to just make a connection to church or faith or something like that, just like lightheartedly. And she, again, she was in pain and at the very end, excruciating pain, trying to get out of the hospital after a gallbladder operation. And I was able to say to her, I'm just going to sit over here and pray. Is that okay? Okay. And she was like, yes, thank you. And then the girl opposite me, well, she was amazing. She was like a new ager, but she just loved everybody. She was incredible. She was encouraging me. And I just felt she was a gift from the Lord to me. She ended up leaving me some drawing books and pens and everything that had been gifted to her because she knew I would be there longer. And it was such an incredible story. All of these women that I met going through pain and being able to get through it and what I was able to do, but what they were able to do also for me. And then the girl next to me must have been 20 years younger than me, really young and just really distressed trying to find out what's going on in her life. And so I was just able to share my whole journey of what had been going on for the week, things, the insights that I found in the system that may help her, and was again being able to say to her, Hey, I'm praying for you. I'm actually a Christian. There is hope will work out. It was extraordinary. It was just extraordinary. I can't wait to catch up and have coffee with this lady that lives in my area. And we've been texting already and continue that conversation as I make disciples in Jesus' name. Just amazing. And for this precious Burmese lady that I'm still in contact with her son on socials, it is amazing that I could be the hands and feet of Jesus. So God is at work. He is work every day. And looking for those opportunities to partner for him can be such a blessing to that person. But a blessing to me, it honestly helped me get through what I call, and will always call my week from hell, (laughs) but the fact that I was able to go through this surgery and reach others at the same time was amazing. So I praise Jesus for that. Pray for anybody that's sick today as you're listening to this, that you will find the opportunities in there. You will perceive, if the opportunities are there to perceive, to partner with God to continue reaching this world for Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. We thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Don't forget to check out on missionwithgod.com. Love to see you in the course this year. Have a great week and see you next time.